This is Josh Holyfield, and welcome to another episode of Make America Swole Again. A no-bullshit, no-sugar-coating, snowflake-free podcast where I teach you how to step out of your comfort zone, stop dreaming, and start smashing your goals in fitness and in life. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is Josh Holyfield. Welcome back. Welcome back to my awesome podcast that we do every week. Hope you guys are having a phenomenal and amazing start to your summer. Summer's officially here. The kids are all out of school. That's going to be an amazing summer. I'm excited. All right. So real quick, this is not a sponsored post or fucking some type of weird shit like that. And as you guys know, I'm partnered with First Form. Those are the supplements that I promote. However, this brand, this product was recommended to me by a gentleman on Instagram. And so I went ahead and bought a bottle. It's got 60 servings in it. So it'll last you about two months. I think it was like 40 bucks. And this is electrolytes specifically for hydration. Okay. So I want you to understand that if you buy a bottle like of water like this, the only thing that's in it as far as electrolytes are concerned is calcium chloride and sodium bicarbonate. And it's not that much. And the only reason they put the sodium in there, the bicarbonate, the sodium bicarbonate in there is actually to make you more thirsty. So you drink more of their product. Gatorade does the same thing, okay? So literally it says on here, mineral enhanced for taste. You have to understand that hydration is, there's only, there's actually more than just the water aspect to it. You're also supposed to be hydrating with minerals and minerals or water is supposed to be the primary place where you get most of the minerals, aka electrolytes, that your body needs. So if I overhydrate and I haven't replenished my electrolytes, I'm actually doing myself more damage, okay? And so this product, it's called Relight. It's flavored. This is strawberry flavored. It has zero calories, has all the calcium, magnesium, chloride, sodium, and potassium that you need, which are the basic electrolytes, so that you can optimize, maximize your hydration, okay? For those of you guys who are struggling with muscle soreness or stiffness or cramps, it's likely because you have an electrolyte deficiency, okay? This can help. This is also going to help you with kidney. Adding this is going to also help with your kidney function. And believe it or not, if you take it before a workout, bro, this stuff right here will give you more of a pump than most pre-workouts because of all the salt. So what I do is I drink one of these in the morning, and then I typically drink one right before I do jujitsu. I didn't drink one before jujitsu today, so I'm pouring one right now. And I actually chose to wait to pour this thing until the podcast so I could share this product with you because it's something that I like. It's a good flavor. Obviously, it's not delicious. It's fucking salt water, but it's not it's not un, it's not unbearable. So again, I have I. They didn't ask me to share this. This is completely on my own regard. It's called Relight. And like I said, it's a great product. We've, I decided to try it and I'm really happy with it. All right. Hey, so if you're new here, thank you so much for tuning in. This is something that we come here and we do every week, most weeks. And my goal is to provide you with a few things every week. The first is some motivation. Some in, the second thing is some information. And the third thing is inspiration. So you can reach your motherfucking goals, stay jacked and juicy, swole, and fill as many fucking holes as you possibly can. That's what I'm here to do, okay? We as men, that's like our purpose in life is we fill holes. 
whether that's the holes in our wife or the holes in our fucking character or the holes in our purpose and the solutions that we're trying to create in the world, we solve problems. We fill holes, right? So if you're new here, do me a favor, man. Drop a comment in the chat. Introduce yourself. Tell us where you're from and why you're here. And if you're a veteran of the podcast, you've been around for a while, make sure you give those guys a warm welcome. So we've had a lot of people reach out and ask when they could get in on fire teams. Just so you know, we will be allowing people to sign up for July's class, which will be the registration will open on the 15th. All right. Cool, man. So I'm not going to beat around the bush tonight. We're going to talk about a topic that I think is really important. And this is something that I'm trying to teach my son. I'm trying to teach myself. And it's also something that's really that I really have noticed as far as the differences between more advanced jiu-jitsu players versus people who are younger jiu-jitsu players. Okay, and so I'm going to open this podcast tonight with a simple question. Okay, and if you want, you can type in the chat. Let me know what your thoughts are on this. But what do you learn from winning? What do you learn from winning? And so when we think about what do we learn from winning, and I think about something like a situation like practice or I'm at jiu-jitsu or let's say as an example, even in the gym, okay, we find a lot of people who are so afraid of loss or failure that they actually throttle themselves and don't push their limits because they're so afraid of losing. So there's a couple things that, that we do learn from winning. And the very first thing that I think is important is when we win, we learn the value of hard work and perseverance, right? Obviously, we want to win. And when we win, it substantiates all that time, the effort, the energy, and the sacrifice that we put forth so that we can earn that win, right? It reinforces that, okay? If you're playing a team-based game or some type of event or something, even when it comes to business, winning also reinforces the the importance of creating an effective strategy and planning, right? enforces the importance of teamwork, collaboration, right? It gives us the ability to handle pressure. And ultimately winning is something that gives us what I would say a reason to have resilience or persistence, okay? Now, if I go into a world where I either A, put myself in a position where I'm always winning, sure, it feels good. Sure, it's you're going to get a lot of dopamine from that. People are going to respect you. You're going to be considered talented or good. But where does the learning happen? When we lose, that's where the learning happens. So what do we learn from losing? What do you guys think in the comments? What do we learn from losing? I'm going to give you a few lists, a few things. Humility. Losing is a reminder that no matter how hard you work and how used to winning you may be, that there's always room for improvement. And I think that's really important for personal growth. I think having too big of an ego is a problem. Losing also gives us an opportunity to self-reflect, provides us that that time that we need to critically assess our performance or our actions and identify the places where we need to improve. It's also important to understand that losing also teaches you the concept of value, that effort is more valuable than the outcome. And then obviously, it's going to teach us that we need to be adaptable and how we can improve. This is the time that we can reflect. So I watched a video the other day where a guy basically said, if you struggle with ego, 
and this is something that I always struggled with when I was younger, was having a big ego. It's only because you never put yourself in a position to lose. Or another way of putting that is, is if you have a big ego, the only reason you have a big ego is because you never do things that are hard for you. And so if I'm living in a world where, let's say as an example, my potential is a 50 and I go and I try to do something or accomplish a goal that has a requirement of 60 skill. So I'm 10 off. So I'm operating below, like my potential says that I don't even have the ability to reach that thing. That's what potential is. It's the ability to attain a certain thing, right? What if I do that? I accomplish that level 60 thing with only a level 50 potential. That's a huge fucking accomplishment. Huge accomplishment. But if I have a friend whose potential is 90, then and he goes out into the world and he completes only level 60 things, what does that mean for him? Was it an accomplishment? No. The world needs cheeseburger flippers. The world needs the level 50 or 40 or 30 potential people so that they can be challenged in completing the level 50, 40, and 30 skills. The world also needs level 100 people who have the ability to accomplish level 100 things. The accomplishment is not the level at which you're operating. It's the level at which you're operating in relation to your potential. If you go back in time on my podcast, I've actually done a whole conversation talking about potential. This was years ago where I wanted you guys to understand that your potential is not static. So what is potential? This is what I'm capable of doing right now. I could potentially be this, right? This isn't a static measurement. Your goal is not to increase your skill level. It's to increase your potential because the greater your potential your skill is going to increase relative to that. I want to increase my potential because if I focus on only increasing my skill, then I'm not putting myself in a position where I could be challenged, right? So a great example, and we'll use the gym as a perfect example, right? If I have two, two men, one of them is 150 pounds, he's five foot six, 150 pounds, and then the other guy is five foot is six feet tall. He's 250. They're both in great, decent shape, same amount of body fat. Would it be more impressive if the 150 pound guy bench pressed 300 or if the 250 guy pound guy bench pressed 300? The smaller guy, right? Because his strength potential is much lower than a larger person. So from that perspective, if you were to, if you were to put it pound for pound, the 150 guy pound guy benching 300 would be considered the same as a 250 pound guy benching 500. Now that sounds impressive, but we live in a world where we don't measure based upon potential. We measure based upon skill. So if I go and you see a guy, Josh Holyfield fucking bench pressing 405 for reps, that looks cool. It's big numbers. Wow. He's so strong. They forget that when I was doing that, I was 250 pounds. That's only one and a half times my body weight for reps. It's not impressive. In order for me to be doing fuck impressive numbers, I should be bench pressing 475, 500 for reps, not 405. Double your body weight. That's an impressive number. 
The same thing also applies to squats. Like impressive numbers for squats is two and a half times your body weight. So at 200 pounds, if you can bench or squat 500, that's fucking good. That's really good. Now, if I bring a fucking guy like James, who's 280, and he's, been, he's squatting 500 pounds, much less impressive, right? So why don't we take that same concept and apply it to everything else? You have a potential that you are capable of, which is a combination of talent and experience and your ability to reflect and learn from your losses, which is experience, right? You're looking to the side and looking at all of these other people, but you have no idea what their potential is relative to yours. This guy over here could be operating way outside of his perceived potential, which is a huge accomplishment. And so it was interesting because this is a concept that I've really started to think about and apply more is I know that when it comes to the gym, I've reached or I had reached the, the level of potential that I wanted to reach outside of committing to bodybuilding or powerlifting at a competitive level. I was pretty much as far as I was going to get unless I was going to fully commit to those sports and it wasn't something I was prepared to do. Now that I've stepped back into the world of jujitsu, I realize, dude, and if you've read my book, I've talked about this before about wrestling, which jujitsu has, it's like wrestling's cousin, lots and lots of potential, lots of talent. I was incredible at that sport. I lacked the work ethic when I was younger, which is why I didn't go where I wanted to go with it. Now, 20 years later, I still have the talent still have the work, but now I have the work ethic. And I can tell you right now, there's nothing that feels better than knowing what my potential is and trying to push it and push it and push it and push it competitively. But here's the thing. When I first started a couple months ago, back getting back into it, I wanted to go in there and just fucking pound everybody. Fuck you. I'm going to fucking tap every single one of you assholes. Most of the time I won. Why? Because I was going against people who had less experience, less knowledge, weren't as strong. There's plenty of reasons why I had a greater potential than they did, and therefore I beat them. But the other thing was, is I wasn't learning anything from steamrolling these fucking guys. I wasn't. There's nothing that I was learning from it by playing my strengths against somebody who has less potential than me. Yesterday, I was tapped by a white belt who I could, if I wanted to, fucking destroy him. I've done it. But I chose, instead of playing my strengths against him, I chose to focus on playing the weakest parts of my game against somebody like that so that I could improve that part of my game, which meant what? That I had to be willing to set my ego aside and be okay with losing against somebody who... I could clearly beat if I really wanted to, but that wasn't the point. The point of that experience and that role that I had with those guys yesterday in class and today was not for me to win. It was for me to learn. And so I had to put myself in a position to lose. Yes, there are extremely valuable lessons to be learned from winning, but we don't, but, but we practice so that we can lose when there's when the stakes are low. I want to take and get all of my losses in practice 
So that way, when I step out onto the mat or I step out into the world or I step onto the court or the field or whatever it is, I've got those losses out of the way. I've honed my skills. I've refined my skills. I've improved myself and I've gotten myself to a place where my game is well-rounded. And now I don't have to take those losses where it mattered on the mat or on the field or wherever. Where are champions born? Champions are born in the losses, not in the wins. We win because we know how to lose, okay? That's how it works. And so this is an experience that I had today during my class where lots of younger kids, 17 to 22 in the class, I got tapped by a couple of them. Why? If I wanted to, I have 50, 60 pounds on these kids. I could have easily grabbed them up and went and fucking flexed my ego on them and won. But what did that do for me? These kids were highly skilled, had an immense amount of potential and talent with this sport. I had an opportunity to learn something from these young men by putting myself in a position so that I could lose and learn from that law. They were like, I'm going to beat this new guy, this big buff fucking old man with a beard. Yeah, if I beat him, it's going to feel good. But they don't realize their game isn't getting any better by running me over. Their game isn't getting any better by continuing to fucking beat down people that are less skilled than them. Just in the same way, my game isn't getting any better by going in there and fucking pummeling some 18-year-old kid and showing him who his fucking daddy is, right? Put yourself into a position to take your losses during practice. Set your ego aside so that when you go out into the world, that's where you can get your wins, This also applies to everything else in life. Be okay with taking the L's. The only way that a loss is if you didn't take a lesson away from it. Going back into the gym, I teach that you need to train yourself to failure. So if you're sitting there and you are pushing yourself to the limit and you've got, let's say, a bench press PRs lined up, go for it. Bump up the weight. What's the worst that's going to happen? You're either going to hit that weight, in which case you're going to learn something, or you're not going to hit it, in which case you're going to learn something. Doing nothing does nothing for you. And also staying in your comfort zone and doing the weights that you know you can do, it's also not serving you. Adopt a growth mindset and focus on pushing yourself to a point where you can fail in the things that you want to accomplish and do with your life. That's how you're going to get better. Where can I challenge myself? And so my question for you guys tonight, if you're tuned in or you're listening, is very simple. Where have you created stagnant where you're okay with getting those easy wins and you're not pushing yourself to a point where you achieve failure? Achieve failure. Everybody wants to look at the achievements, the prizes, the medals, the accolades, Nobody wants to talk about all of the fucking losses that it took to build that. I can tell you right now, you guys know the fucking the podium where you have the first, second, and third place. First place guy is standing with his medal, with a gold medal. Second place is silver, and then below, and they're stacked in order. I don't know what you call that thing, but we'll call it a pedestal. That's built on losses, not wins. You don't see those losses, though. 
because they got t- they took those L's in practice. And then when they came out for fucking game time, they were ready. This is so important because we as human beings, it goes against our nature. We don't want to lose, which is good. It's good to be competitive. It's good to want to push yourself. But what if you were to arrange your life so that you can put yourself into a position to lose? That way, you can develop the things about yourself that you know need work instead of continuing to constantly drill the easy wins. One of the things that I can't stand is like workout guys on fucking Instagram who are like doing a shit ton of weight or whatever and they're lifting it for reps and they're like, this shit's easy. Then why are you only lifting that much? You're not impressing anybody because something is easy for you that may not be easy for other people. That just makes you have, that just shows that you have an ego and you're arrogant. What would be more impressive to me is, is if you were still pushing yourself to a point where you could achieve failure and be willing to show that to the world. And that's a hard thing to do. People don't want to, you, you don't want people to see you lose, but that's where all the value, all the lessons come from. I hope this perspective was valuable for you guys tonight. That's pretty much all I wanted to sit and talk about. What I'll do is, is I'll take a couple questions if you guys have any. And I guess the very first one is I'm going to answer while I'm waiting for some comments in the chat is I got a message from one of our longtime clients who is a few years away from his retirement working for the government. And he recently decided that he wanted to open kind of a side hustle slash small business doing some stuff from home. And that business has started to get some traction and he's starting to get customers and orders are coming in and now he's found himself in this place where he has to juggle his commitments that he's made with himself as far as his health, the gym, fire team, his job, etc., while also manage this side hustle or business that he started in addition to get, making sure that he's giving his family the time and the attention that they need. And so you can see how adding that extra thing on the end, it makes it a little bit hard and it could potentially cause some strain on the family, on the relationship with the wife. Here's what I'm going to say. And this was my answer to him. And he asked, what did I, because if you guys don't know, before I started the Iron Forge, I was also working for the government full time and managing this business. And I did that for about a year before we transitioned. And it was scary making that call. I did it, but it was scary making that move. And I had some number, some financial numbers in place where I basically said, if I make this much money within this amount of time, I'll quit. And I fucking blew that away. But I want you to realize something, and this is very important, okay, is you need to live in your purpose first. And if you found something that you're passionate about, that you love, that you're pursuing, and it fulfills you. Even if that's a business, then there should not be a fucking person on the planet who should stop you from looking to grow and pursue that. Our nine to five is designed to keep us in a fucking nine to five. It's in our employer's best interest. It's in the government's best interest. It's in our wives' best interest. It's in everybody's best interest to keep you locked into a fucking secure nine to five where you make just as much money that, you know, just enough money to get by and pay your bills, but also keep you locked in to high interest loans over long periods of time, like your mortgage and your car note, credit card bills, 
where if you want to actually enjoy your life and live outside of the fucking confines of this monotony that the world is considered normal, you have to take on more debt. And people have learned to accept that is normal. Let me work for fucking 50 years so that I can get maybe 20 good years of retirement at best. That's not, it's not worth it to me. And I can tell you right now, you are not going to build financial freedom working for somebody else in a nine to five type job. The only situation that I can think of where you could potentially is if you start with the company and you grow with the company, but you want to be a fucking accountant. You're not going to, unless you start your own business, you're not going to grow. You're not going to grow to a point where you're going to develop financial freedom. And when I say financial freedom, I'm talking about fuck you money. I can do whatever I want whenever I want. Okay. If that's what you want to create, you need to understand it's not going to happen with a nine to five. So you will need to work your full-time job. And then when you're done working, you build your dream. That's what I did. Here's the conversation that I had with my wife a long time ago when we had this problem. I'm going this way. These are my goals. This is the life I want to live. This is who I want to become. This is the man that I want to be. This is what I want to build. You have two options. Option A, get on the fucking train. Option B, get off at the next fucking stop. There's no in between. But And I said this. I had this conversation. The second you stop me or withhold me or prevent me or slow me down in pursuit of this thing that I'm fucking pursuing, I'll kick you off of the train. Because I'm doing this for you. I'm doing this for your kids, our family. I'm building this for us. I'm not okay with normal. I'm not okay with monotony. I'm not okay with stagnance. I'm not okay living to die. I want to spend my life living. And I want to do that on my terms. And the only way that I'm going to do that on my terms is by sacrificing the time up front, being committed and consistent. And it's going to take a minimum of five years. Minimum. I work like a dog. My days, I work more now, twice as much now as I did as a government employee. My morning at my desk right here where you see me sitting typically starts about between 7 and 8 a.m. at the latest. And my day, it's now fucking 10 p.m. The only break that I've gotten today was to go to the gym to do jujitsu. And that was for 90 minutes. Came right back to work. That's a fact. And that's typical. Unless I'm doing something with my family, taking them somewhere, we're enjoying a day. That's what we do. I work more. I'm more committed. I invest more time. But the difference is 100% of that is going towards the growth of the thing that I'm trying to create my business, my dream. I'm okay with that. She has no choice but to be okay with that. And if she doesn't want to be a part of it, it was a good run. I'll catch you on the other side. I'm not ever going... I will live my life where I am in service of my wife forever and make sure that the word need or no does not fucking exist for her. But the second she tries to stop me from being the man that I want to be, she has no place in my life, just like anybody else. And that may be a hard pill or a cold way of looking at it, but I had that question today and I saw it and I wanted to answer it on here because I felt like it was really valuable, a perspective that I think a lot of you guys need. Don't fucking compromise or s- your, compromise yourself or your goals 
Don't fucking settle. Don't negotiate on your life for fucking anyone. If anything, and you're tr- if you're trying to pursue something and create a life, and you have a goal that you want to that you want to fulfill, and it could be something as simple as starting a new business. My next big goal, as far as my physical stuff is concerned, is I want to earn my purple belt in jujitsu. That's what I'm focused on right now, and it's going to take me at least another nine months, maybe six, if I work really fucking hard and stay committed. Okay, but to be frank with you. I, if my wife came to me and said, hey, I think you're spending too much time doing jujitsu. You need to stop doing it. I would tell her to fuck herself. Your wife should be the person who pushes you towards the goals that you want to create, drives you further, harder, holds you accountable to those commitments you make, supports you in that. Because if you're successful, who benefits? Is it you? No, it's her and her kids. She wants more time for what? So we can sit and fucking finger each other and watch fucking movies and play on phones and do what? Do what? What do you want to do? You want to be involved? Come on, let's do it. We can spend time together. I said this before. If my wife wants to hang out, she comes in here and hangs out. We do date nights. I take her out. We go do things. She's involved. But when I'm fucking working, I'm working. And I'm doing the things that I need to be doing to build the life that I want to create for them. When you're present with her, be present with her. Give her that time. The most powerful men, the most successful men, they have a strong woman behind them pushing them, holding them accountable. One of the most important decisions that you will make in your life is choosing the right woman to marry. And that decision will very likely dictate the outcome of your entire fucking life, which is why most of my 20s were blown away. It was because I made poor decisions in who I brought into my life. Don't ever let somebody stop you from being who you want to be and going where you want to go. Ever. All right. Last question for tonight. Archer, offshoot question. Have you ever considered shooting traditional archery? It's a great way to build hand-eye coordination and a good way to get into the outdoors. No, I haven't. I've seen guys that do bow hunting, compound bows. Honestly, it's not really something that's interested me. If I do any hunting, it's going gonna, it's gonna to happen with one of my rifles. I know there's a lot of guys in the group who enjoy archery. Just not really something I'm interested. I appreciate the offer, though. All right. I hope this podcast tonight was valuable for you. I'm in a chill mood. Honestly, I'm probably going to end up having to go here in a minute and take an ice-cold shower because my whole fucking body is sore. Kids are getting ready to sneak out of my bedroom and come make a bunch of noise. So we'll call it a night. For those of you guys who are here, on, or those of you guys who are part of the Iron Forge group coaching, don't forget Thursday night we have our call. Look out in your email for the Zoom link. I'll send it your way. For those of you guys who are not part of the Iron Forge group coaching, lucky for you, I'm a value first type of guy, so I'll be streaming the call live into the Facebook group right here anyway. If you guys thought this was valuable, last thing, just real quick, do me a favor, drop a share, put this thing on your feed, on your timeline, bring somebody in here. It's the best way that you can help us grow. With all that said, it's been a pleasure this evening. God bless. Stay swole, my